chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. Amen. Mark chapter 4. Thank you, musicians. Amen. For your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 4. Verse 35 through verse 41. Amen. And the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, And said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. What manner of man is this, that even the waves, the wind, and the seas obey him? And from this thought today, I want to speak to you. When the storms of life bring revelation to your life, When the storms of life bring revelation to your life. Father, we praise you again this morning, God. I thank you again, Jesus, for your goodness and for your mercy, Lord God, and for your blessings upon us. For you alone are worthy of the highest praise, O God. And sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, O God, today. Give us revelation and understanding of you, Lord, and all that we you do, Lord God, and we give you honor and praise and thanksgiving. Let us not leave the way we came, God, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the power of the Holy Ghost, and we will give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. And you may be seated. Amen. When the storm of life bring revelation to your life, Some scholars think that the gospel of Mark should have actually been called the gospel of Peter. Even though when you begin to read through the gospels and you begin to read through the book of Acts, the church book, you find that Mark, amen, was a young protege, not only of the apostle Paul, but he was also a protege of the apostle Peter. When you read Peter's gospel, Peter actually calls Mark my son in the gospel. So actually, some say that it should have been known as the gospel of uh, Peter. 
And when you read the Gospels of Mark, you find that Mark uses 19 miracles in his gospel to prove the deity of Jesus Christ. Eight of them he shows to prove that Jesus had power over diseases. Five of them he shows that he had power over nature. Four of them he demonstrates and shows to you and I that God had power over all demons. And two he used to show the conquest that he had power over death. The Gospel of Mark, when you begin to read it, it opens somewhat like the Gospel of John. They immediately goes to the point to let you see that Jesus is God. You see, when you read John's Gospel and Mark's Gospel, John and Mark's Gospels was written somewhere between 65 and 100 A.D. Amen. Actually, say Mark's may have been written somewhere between 65 and 70 A.D. And John was written somewhere between 85 and 100 A.D. So you can see why both John and Mark immediately brings us to the deity of Jesus Christ because the church would have already been in existence 35 to 40 years already by the time they write their books. So they didn't need to use a whole lot of word and verbiage to try to get you to understand who Jesus was, but immediately take you to the central point. Mark's gospel, Mark doesn't, as I just said, uses a whole lot of words and writing to show the deity of Jesus. Mark says in his gospel, and his overall aim is to just let Jesus' miracles that he did prove to you the deity of Jesus Christ. This is why people say a picture is better than a thousand words. And so this is what Mark is trying to get us to see here. Amen. And so he wants us like John to be drawn into the gospel as you read it to get a clear understanding. So today I want to talk to you about when the storms of life bring revelation to your life. When we say storms of life, we're talking about circumstances and trials and situations that just pops up out of nowhere that you were not expecting to come into your life. And I think all of us, if you're not there yet, someday you will. You will find yourself in the storms of life. Amen. As a matter of fact, some of you right now might be in the storm of life or you might be going through something in your life that you wish would hurry up and pass by. That's how storms are. Amen. They, they come and they bring such dire winds. I know when we were in Okinawa, amen, we had what we called the typhoons, and these typhoons would pop up out, out of nowhere, out of the Pacific Ocean, and the first wave that would come is you would have a strong wind, and this wind would push, and it would have a rain that would be vehemently upon things, but it wasn't as destructive uh, at the start. So, so you have had a strong wind that would push and they would tell you to seek cover and to take cover. That initial wind would come through and that initial wind would hit pretty hard and then all of a sudden it would be a calmness. The sun may even come out just like it is right now. And there's this calmness and then all of a sudden the tailwind comes through. 
And with the tailwind, it's more destructive. And the tailwind, after the eye of the storm would pass through, you find it was the tailwind that did the most damage. It was the tailwind that would root up trees. It was the tailwind that would slam big dumpsters all over the place. It was the tailwind that would pick up cars and flip them over. It was the tailwind that brought all the high waves on. Amen. That's what a typhoon would do. That's how we're struck with that initial wind and it hits us and we begin to call out to God and the church begin to pray for it. It hits you again and now you don't know if you can endure these things that are taking place in your life. You start feeling like Job when he says, Amen. All these things, Amen. Starts coming, he says, Amen. That which I greatly feared uh, has come upon me, and I was not in safety, and yet trouble came. Job was not expecting it. Like you and I sometimes, uh, we hear of trials, we hear of circumstances, we hear destruction that has taken place in somebody else's life, and but then it hits us. And it's something we wasn't expecting. It's kind of like Job says, amen, when they told him, except he sent Benjamin, that he wasn't going to see Reuben ever again, or Simeon, rather, ever again. Job say, I mean, Jacob says, Joseph, I don't have any more, and Simeon, I don't have, and now you want Benjamin. He says, all these things are against me. You start wondering, why am I going through so many trials, amen, in my life. But I come to tell somebody today that is in the storms of life that brings revelation of life, amen. It's kind of like the prodigal son, amen. You don't realize it, but all of a sudden you realize, I just want to go home. I just want to be where I need to be, amen. I come to tell somebody today that the storm of life that you're in right now, to not think it's strange, amen, but to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, amen. Somewhere you may be like Jonah. You might have been running from your calling of God, amen. But I come to tell you today, Hang on, amen, in the storm of life uh, because God will bring you to the safe haven. You might be like David. Maybe you have sin uh, and you're in the storm of life right now. But hang on, God will bring you through. You might be somewhere like the captain was in Acts chapter 27, amen. And you have just went on your own, amen. You didn't listen to the man of God, but now you found yourself in the storms of life, amen. But I come to tell you this morning that it's in the storm of life that it will bring revelation to your life. Amen. Paul says in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access uh, by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope uh, of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation work patience, uh, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Uh, I come to tell somebody today that the storm that you're in is to prove your faith and to bring justification and peace uh, and patience into your life. Peter goes on and tells us wherein 
you greatly rejoice, First Peter 1, 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than that of gold, that perish, though it may be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, you believe, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Peter says, so be truly glad. <laughs> He says, so be truly glad. He says, there's some wonderful joy that's waiting for you. It's ahead, but you got to endure to receive it. He says, I know you got many trials going on right now. He says, but the end result is going to be worth it all. He says, just like gold and silver has to be tried in the fire. Your faith has got to be tested. Your faith has got to be proven so that when Jesus comes, you will still be standing strong. Amen. You will still be looking for that hope that is set before you. This is what it's all about. When you're in the storm of life, there's revelation going to come. You just put up with it. You just endure. You just hold on through the wind. You just hold on through the storm. You just hold on to the rain. And you watch God bring you revelation about who He is and what He is and what He's about to do. Your faith will be strong as long as you hold on. This is why Paul says tribulations work patience and patience is experience and experience hope and hope make us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in your life by the Holy Ghost which is given unto you. It is the trying of your faith. It is a testing of your faith. You need to have strong faith. The apostles, amen. Jesus, as he rebuked the wind, he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it you do not have any faith? I come to tell you today, let the storm rage. Let the wind blow. Let the things happen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you're in the depressions, I'll be with you. When you're in the five trials of your life, they will not burn you. Amen. I will be right there with you. I will take you by my right hand, saith the Lord, saying, Fear not. I am with you. Be not dismayed. I am your God, I will help you, yea, I will strengthen you, saith the Lord. But you've got to learn to endure in the storms of life. If you ever want to see God clearly, if you ever want a revelation of God clearly, just hold on to His unchanging hand and the storms of life and let Him lead you. Let Him guide you. Let Him caress and hold you. He will reveal to you His power, His strength, and who he is. James says in James 1 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally and unabradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering. For he that wavereth is like the waves of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You see, God wants you to be stable. And this is why sometimes we have to endure the storms of life. Because if we can be going back and forth, we haven't made up our minds where I'm going to serve God or not. Uh, you see, he has your best interest in heart. Uh, and so sometimes uh, you may have to go through a storm uh, to get you to the point uh, to where you trust in God. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through in life, on the mountain bleak uh, or on the rolling sea, you got exceeding precious promises from God. Uh, trust in the Lord uh, with all your heart uh, and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him, uh, and He will direct your path. Uh, you see, you've got to get your mind made up uh, on where you're going. Uh, this is why Scripture says, uh, if you've been risen with Christ, uh, seek those things that are above. Set your affections on things above, and not on the things of this earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid in Christ, so that when Christ appears, you will be with Him forever and ever and ever again. But if you're waving, James says, if you can't make up your mind, you're going to miss the mark of the calling of Almighty God. So let the storm rage. Let it happen. Let God reveal to you where you are in the storms of life. Let Him reveal to you your faith. Let Him reveal to you if you're standing strong. Let Him reveal to you that you know who He is. Let Him reveal to you exactly who you are because it's in the storm of life that you get revelation of life and I come to tell somebody today that the storm you are in may just be a lack of patience it may just be a lack of faith that God is trying to get you to see what is going on in your life and Jesus Mark says I'm not going to try to prove to you. He says, I'm going to just let Jesus prove it to you. Amen. So they get in the boat. And there arose a great storm of wind and waves. And it's beating in the ship. And notice, the ship is full. You would think it would sink. But no. And even Jesus is still asleep. On a pillar in the back of the ship. You would think the water would have woke him up. You would have think if the ship is full, he would have got up by himself. But he was testing them. You see, he understood. He needed to see where they were. They needed to know who was on board with them. He was bringing them an understanding that I am with you.
I will not forsake you. My promises, amen, don't walk by sight. You got to walk by faith. If I told you I won't leave you nor forsake you, you're not going to see me every chance that I'm there. Amen. I will be there. You just know that I'm going to be there. You might can't see me every time, but know that I am there because my word is forever established. My word does not change. When God made promise to Abraham, the Bible said, because he could swear by no greater. He swore by himself, said, surely, blessing, I will bless you and multiply, and I will multiply you. The promises of God does not change whether you see God at work or not. He makes you a promise. He has to fulfill it. You just got to walk by faith and wait till it come to fruition, and it will come to pass. Amen. They put him in the boat, uh, and they began the storms and the wind. But after Jesus rebuked the wind, uh, and he rebuked the wave, uh, the last time I checked the meaning of rebuke, uh, it means a stern warning. I believe when they woke Jesus up, uh, it's like my dad used to say to us when we was cutting up at the house, he would say, sit down. And you know what we did? We sat down. No questions asked. (laughs) We hit the seat immediately. And he says, be quiet. Just calm right down. I think that might have been what Jesus said to the winds and the waves. Cut it out. Shoot. All things was created by him. (laughs) He's the one that created all things for his pleasure. So I think that's what he says. Cut it out. (laughs) Everything just calmed right down. And he turns to the disciples and says, Why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Amen. And they was amazed and marveled. And they says, What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I come to tell you today that he's more than a man. He's, as Abraham said, I am. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord your healer. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner. He is is Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Ra. He is your shepherd. He is Shemol. I will be there. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Amen. And as Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. When you are in the storms of your life, God will bring revelation to your life. Amen. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 7 and 8, we know the story. Amen. Genesis 22, 7 and 8. God is testing Abraham's faith. Abraham wanted a son. And God is testing his faith here. And he tells him, After Isaac is born, and he says, I want you to offer your only son, Isaac. This is a storm (laughs) that he's in. They get three days' journey, and Abraham looks, and 
He sees Mount Moriah away, the mountain that God told him to go to. And Abraham says to his servants, stay here. Man, the lad is going to go yonder and worship, and we're going to come again. Now notice what takes place here, verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father. He says, my father? And he says, here I am, my son. And he says, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And notice the revelation. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. Did you get it? No, you didn't get it. Do you see the revelation? Do you get the revelation? What's the revelation? He will provide himself a lamb. Amen. Notice God will provide himself. God is going to become the lamb is what he's trying to get you to see. Abraham was prophesying that God would become the lamb. This is what John was saying, John 1, 29, when Jesus was coming, John looked up and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the whole world. God himself will be provide the lamb. Amen. God will become the lamb. Amen. If you ever had any doubts about who Jesus was and the wonders of God. There's your answer. There's your revelation. God will be the Lamb. Amen. He will take on flesh. This is why Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received out back up in the glory. Isaiah says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep dumb before his shears, so he opened not his mouth. And his humiliation and judgment, amen, he was all about what God had already said. Abraham's prophets had to come to pass. God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering, almighty God, and the trials and the storms. God will be there. Praise God. Woo! That's why the eunuch and I say that's Philip. When he was reading Isaiah 53, he says, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself or is he talking about another man? And Philip opened the Bible to the scripture where he was reading and he preached unto him, Jesus. I come to tell you today that in the storm of your life, there's going to be a revelation of who mighty God is. 
Amen. That's why they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds obey him? I come to tell you, that storm you going through, God is just trying to get you to hold on, to wait on me. Don't take matters into your own hand. Just hold on, because I make all things beautiful in my time. Oh, Lord, thou hast known me, and you have searched me. Thou knows my down-sitting, you know my uprising. Thou understands my thoughts afar off. Thou compass my path, and my lying down, and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, lo, oh Lord, thou knowest all together. Thou, amen, hast beset me behind and before. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from your spirit, or whether shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall guide me, and your right hand shall uphold me. If I say that the darkness would cover me, the night and the day, they're both alike unto thee. This is what the psalmist has got to get you to see, that in the storms of life, there's going to be revelation of life brought to you. When John Newton was a slave runner, amen, and he was on the ship, and they encountered a mighty storm, and John Newton thought he was going to die, but he began to pray for God to have mercy, and God granted him his mercy, and John Newton wrote a song, Amazing Grace, how sweet it sounds, that saved a wretch like me, I once was lost, but now I'm found, I was blind, but now I see, though grace has taught my heart to fear, and grace my fear relieve, how precious is that grace appear, the hour I first believe, when we've been there, ten thousand years, bright shining as the sun, we know less days to sing God's praise when we first begun. I come to tell you today, there's revelation in the storm of life. Praise God. Woo. When the revelation, storms of life, bring revelation. God, man, you guys can have no problem no more with any more one scripture, man. Blow the Trinitarian's mind. Just show him that part. God will provide himself a lamb. Praise God. One is all over the scripture. Such the scripture. Random. You think you have a life there about me. Almighty God. Praise God. And Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 through 33. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship. Man, they just wasn't getting it, man. I think I'd have got it the first time. You don't need to put me in another boat, Jesus. I'm telling you. I I might have flunked recess, but I didn't flunk theology. <laughs> you don't need to put me in a boat twice in the middle of the sea. Amen. They didn't get it. Jesus screened his disciples to get in the ship and go to before him to the other side. Why he sent the multitude away. 
And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart and pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Waves didn't even learn their lesson. They're going to cut up again. Amen. And the fourth watch, between 3 and 6 o'clock in the morning. Amen. Fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they was troubled. Saying, ugh, spirit. You know why? Ain't nobody seen anybody walk on the water before. Not these cats. You would probably fear too. <laughs> if you're out there in the middle of the sea, the boat's been flipped all around, the wind's blowing, the waves is acting up. And you see somebody come walking on the water, and you ain't got the Holy Ghost yet, <laughs> blow your mind. Because the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, right? Amen. It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway, Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. This I, be not afraid. Where's your faith? Be not afraid. It's me. And Peter answered him. Said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. Peter said, I'm checking my faith, man. I ain't going through this again. Jesus says to him, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Notice, he just got out the boat. You ever thought about getting out the boat? That's right. See, as long as you're in the boat, you're okay. See, the storm wants you to get out of the boat. The wind will blow to try to get you out of the boat. The wind will make the waves begin to fill up to try to get you out of the boat. But there's revelation when you stay in the boat. (laughs) This is the old ship of Zion. It is the hope for the lost and the dying. It is a soul-saving station. It is the tower of salvation. It's been through the wind, but the wind couldn't turn it. It's been fed to the lions, and the lions couldn't eat it. It's fought a lot of wars, and has never been defeated. I'm talking about the church and the book of Revelation. It's built on the rock. It's got a firm foundation. It's been through the flood. It's been through the fire. But one of these days, the church is going to move up a little higher. Amen. So stay in the boat. No matter the storm, no matter the waves, just stay in the boat. Because you see, even though Peter stepped out of the boat, 
This is usually what happens. You might say, I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to stay focused on Jesus. I don't need to go to church to be saved. I can get out of the church and still be saved. But Peter is an example that the storm is still going to blow outside of the boat. And what you're going to wind up doing is taking your eyes off the Lord and you're going to sink. You're going to go down. And then you're going to have to cry out, Jesus, save me. Amen. He will save you, but it's going to require some repentance on your part. So let me encourage you today. Stay in the boat. And you won't have to worry about the winds. You won't have to worry about the storms. You won't have to worry about what comes against you because there's revelation inside of the boat. Amen. The storms may blow. The breakers may dash. But I will not swear it because he hold me fast. Some other day, the sky's in the cloud. I know it's all right because Jesus is mine. Amen. My soul has been anchored in the Lord. Praise God. Job says, man, I've heard about you. But now, my eyes see you face to face. The storm that Job was going through brought him revelation of who he had been praying to, who he had been serving all along. But now Job gets a chance to see him face to face. Jacob says, man, all this stuff is against me. But notice the beauty of it all. God says, I'm preserving life, Jacob, in the storm that you're going through. Yeah, you think you're missing Joseph. You just don't know. I've just elevated him to a higher position so that he can preserve life. Amen. I come to tell you today that in the storm of your life, there's revelation of who Jesus is, that he's faithful. He's the same yesterday, today. And forever. Just hold on. And he will bring it all to pass. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Writer of Hebrews 10 says, Cast not away your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. You just have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. But yet, in a little while, he that will come will come and will not tarry. Now, the just has got to live by faith. Nahum puts it this way in Nahum 1.3. The Lord is slow to anger. And great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord have his way in the whirlwind. And in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebuketh the sea. And maketh it dry. And drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languishes and Carmel and all the flowers of Lebanon languishes. The mountains quake at him, and the hills melt, 
and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are drawn, thrown down by him. But this is the part that I like. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trusteth in him. Amen. What a promise. What a promise. Nahum says, God will take vengeance. He said, but I want you to know the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows them that trust in him. Do you know him? Paul says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being conformable unto his death, that by any means I might apprehend to that which I am also apprehended of. He says, brethren, I count not myself to apprehend, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're in a storm today... Let me encourage you. Don't try to get out of it. Just hold on. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your eye on Jesus. Keep worshiping him. Keep magnifying him. Because there's revelation in the storm that you're going through right now. Amen. Amen. As the musicians.